This podcast is brought to you by Bodog.net. Don't miss a chance to play at Bodog.net. When the odds are stacked against you, post-game tastes that much sweeter. Bodog.net, your source of free casino games, poker strategies, and live sports odds. Ah, all right, here we go. 12.02, second half of the show is underway. Steve Lloyd, Graham Creech, Kenny Walls with you. We're going to have uh, some Sens Flyers tickets up for grabs later in the show. we got another code word to get to later in the show. But let's kick off the second part of the show with a little trivia for some uh, 67s Generals tickets on the line. A four-pack. Kenny has been handling the 67s trivia for us this week, and he's come up with another one. Hi, Kenny. Hi, Lloydie. It's good to be back on with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, 12 the number to text in. Tickets to the 67's Generals game. First name, last name, and email addresses along with the correct answer. Please and thank you. Uh, Because they're facing the Generals for the game that you may be attending if you win, and they could also be facing the Oshawa Generals in the first round of the OHL playoffs, the last time those two teams met was in 2019 in the Eastern Conference Finals. Who scored the overtime winner in Game 4 for the Ottawa 67's to sweep the series? There you go. This guy had a, uh, well, that wasn't his only big moment in that game. And there's your, that's it. That's it for the hints. Get it in, 12-1200. What do we got here? 12-04. Let's call it 12-07. Have your correct answers in, 12-1200 by 12-07. Kenny will sift through them, uh, pick a winner, and we'll tell you who that is and give you the answer to that trivia question. We'll do the Sens Flyers tickets a little bit later on here. Uh, in the show. Uh, Sens will be on the practice ice in about two hours from now in Seattle. We'll see if Cam Talbot's able to go. Next game is tomorrow night against the Kraken. Kraken won again last night. Kraken have won five straight games now after uh, last night's victory. And um, I I was shocked to see this as I was watching the highlights and going through some of the notes of what happened during the games last night. So Jared McCann is up over 30 goals. Now for the for the Kraken, like he's kind of, and I know it's year two of the team here, but he's got that Wild Bill Carlson feel to him, where you get a chance to go to an expansion team, play in a different role. Graham, remember William Carlson just exploded in year one with the Vegas Golden Knights, where he'd been with Anaheim, he'd been with Columbus, and it was just like it's just another guy <laughs> that's hanging on. Maybe he's going to play in the league, maybe he's not. Now McCann had more pedigree, right? Um, but it's all of a sudden he's exploded, and uh, he's he's been one of the better goal scorers in the league this season. And it's always neat to see something kind of like that happen. Those are good stories where where guys will maybe punch through a little bit later on. Um, but it's it's all about opportunity sometimes, and um, that's what expansion teams can afford. Guys, you get you get into a different spot, and um, you, you're 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 given more of these opportunities to. Also to continue to fail a little bit and stick with you, right? And uh, the season he's having with uh, with the Kraken, and um, I'm I'm going to say right now I'm going to watch the whole game tomorrow night. <laughs> does it does it mean I'll make it to the end? Maybe I'll do the old you're watching with one eye at you one better. point on the couch as you're kind of melting into it. But I'm gonna that's that's my plan. But I'm I'm curious to see you know the Kraken. Because I've I've watched a little bit of the Kraken this year, but I'm I'm more familiar with them just by reading about it, watching highlights, and watching full Kraken games. Mm-hmm. So I'll be dialed in watching them more night because they're playing the Sens and 
We're going to see if the Sens can rebound from their game in Chicago and want to see what this team's really all about because they're doing something right. Um, hanging in there, more than hanging in there in the West, or what are they as of this morning or early this afternoon now? They are third in the Pacific, and it's anybody's race there. They're only two points back of L.A. and Vegas who are tied for top spot in the in that division. Like the Seattle Kraken, you know, could be the best team in the West because that's 82 points is also the mark for the best team in the Western Conference. And that's shared by Vegas and L.A., and Seattle's only two points behind that pace here, and they've won five in a row, seven and three in their last ten games. So just from all of that, Graham, um, I'm, I'm curious to see what they look like and uh, and taking on a Sens team that should be pretty bitter about the way they played in Chicago the other night. Well, I hope you'd watch the entire Sens game when they're in a push for yep. the playoff lives here, Lloydie. Yes. Um, McCann becoming the first 100-point uh, scorer for the Kraken franchise. And uh, in the last, last year, he was close to a 30-goal scorer as well. I always like, remember when the Leafs acquired him so that they could protect Kerfoot. When, yep. when, when they first made that ch- trade, I was like, man, if I were the Leafs, I, I didn't, I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I thought he was going to be a 30 goal scorer. But even if, if he had been what he had been to that point where, um, what, 15 goal scorer, 40 point guy, um, 6'1, 200 pounds, I, I'd take him over Kerfoot. And, and he would have been making less than him at the time. Um, but I, I would have left uh, Kerfoot unprotected and, and have McCann slide in as the uh, number three center on the lease, but it didn't go that way. And who knows if the Kraken even end up picking him up um, if that was the case. But uh, good player. I, I don't know if he can maintain this. Uh, I, I heard the notes from JR earlier this morning. He did the numbers on this with his insane shooting percentage. I don't know if that yeah. um, is something that he can sustain. But, but still, I, I think enough of a sample size now that you can expect – uh, a 30-goal season from him uh, in the next couple of years with him just being, what, mid-20s and 27 goals last year, 31 this year. Like, he's that, – that's enough as a sample size that, yeah, you'd hope for a 25, 30-goal season at least next year. No, he's – um, you know, he's only played the, what, 61 games so far this season, and he's already cracked the 30-goal mark now with 31 here. And just his history, like he was originally, you know, a Vancouver Canuck, and he was he – was, there was some other – pieces involved but basically it was McCann for Goodbranson was the trade back in the day as well so uh, now he's what 26 and uh, he seemed to have hit his goal scoring stride uh, with the Kraken and uh, we'll see what he looks like and the rest of the team to Warnight as they've now won five in a row and they could be the top seed as a second year team in the league like we were all wondering last year they can't happen again can it and they didn't play very well then they were they were okay for an expansion team but as expected usually as expected finished well out of the playoffs well year two they're they're kind of doing the biggest thing just took them a year to uh to come together and they could be the top seed uh in the western conference we'll have the game for you tomorrow night it's the uh, the sends and the kraken on tsn 1200 um as we're awaiting kenny just going to be sifting through the winners here we should get back to that news that we kind of started the show with graham uh people might have missed it uh jf plomp from ladois had it he had a chance to speak to dave cameron uh, there's nothing official released from the Ottawa Senators yet, but Tyler Boucher season's over, uh, and his his junior career is over. Um, it, it would appear surgeries in the offing for uh, for the shoulder that he suffered originally the injury at the World Juniors, and he missed some time and came back. and And Kenny spoke about this off the top of the show, who called the game where he left the other other night last Friday in the Kingston game, and 
Kenny thinks it was just uh, kind of reaching for a puck. It was just one of those innocuous things where obviously um, getting back to the point in your rehab, you hope to avoid surgery, but it probably became apparent that, uh, yeah, there's gonna ha- they're going to have to do a little bit more. So that's unfortunate that um, it would appear that Tyler Boucher's junior career is over, and um, hopefully he'll be uh, back to 100% in time to turn pro, which will happen uh, coming up next season with the uh, the Sens organization. Uh, Kenny, it's 12-10. Um, I'll tell people that the correct answer to Kenny's trivia question was Ty Felliber. Um, did you select a winner yet for those four-pack of tickets to go see the Generals and the 67s? I have. Congratulations, Tonka. He was able to answer the correctly with Ty Felliber. Pembroke's own. Dropped the puck at the Pembroke Memorial Center for the Ottawa 67's preseason game against the North Bay Battalion. Had a chance to catch up with him then. He hadn't signed a, an official contract at that point in time. And then did sign his ECHL deal with the Fort Wayne Comets and went on to ECHL All-Star and recently called up to the AHL. So great to see Ty Felliber thriving once again. And I think he had a, a very good offseason, maybe after getting humbled a little bit, uh, signing his entry-level deal with the Dallas Stars, it not going the way that he would have thought wanted or thought it would, and then uh, not really having any other options and going back to the coast and then thriving. So great to see him go. Most notably, though, was also a member of the Orlando Solar Bears this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you missed that one, Lloydie. Uh Cam Clement was producing, and we we were talking about Ty, Ty Felliber. Okay. And he was looking at it and said, oh, yeah, well, he was with the Fort Wayne Solar Bears, had 14 points and 14 games, nine goals. Um, I just scrunched up my face. Fort Wayne Solar Bears? No, well, the Orlando Fort Solar Bears is what he said. And just, okay. You just, said Fort Wayne. Okay. okay. I just yeah, wonder where it, it works. And okay. then I just scrunch up my face, and I, I don't, I don't think so. I, 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 he was looking at last year's stats. Unfortunately, uh, well, mistakes. Yeah, yeah no, mistake no, happened. it was no for sure honest mistake. But it was funny because he was correcting uh, Kenny, and Kenny was uh, Kenny was beside me. He was co-hosting, and I, I just, I, I didn't have the numbers in front of me. Like I, I was just whatever. Sure, he was with Orlando, and I'm looking at Kenny's face, and I'm like, that feels like incorrect information. <laughs> You know Kenny's mm. face uh, when oh, he, he disagrees with you. Yeah, he Kenny yeah we know him. Kenny's face. I'm like, that yeah, sounds like it's going to be incorrect information here. Yeah, but tie that playoff run. Oh, he was good. 17 goals in 18 games. Multiple game winners in overtime, including game four in Sudbury. Coming on the power play to sweep that series. And then the game tying goal with 34 seconds remaining in the game. The clinching game against the Oshawa Generals, as well as the overtime winner. 20 seconds in. He Almost had a goal a, a game in that run. Yeah. Well, he was he was phenomenal and uh, got off to such a great start that year. 59 goals, tailed off towards the end, as if you can imagine, 59 goals in a 68-game season and tailing off towards the end of the year. But he did, and then he just re-energized for the playoffs and came out firing. And uh, that, that power play was lethal. Had Sasha Shemilevsky on one side, who's playing quite well in the KHL this year, and uh, Ty Felliber on the other. And they would just whip pucks back and forth, and they were on their like they were, they didn't they weren't on their one timer side, so they'd just wind up and just beat a goalie from distance, and it was great to see. Now speaking of, well, I'll pivot out to something else here. So 
what do we got here? We're March 8th, so we're eight days into um, March 1st is a significant day on the NHL calendar. That's when players are allowed to sign future deals for next season. So guys that are free agents that have been through a draft, like Ty Felliber, he signed it around this time of year. We've asked a question about Logan Morrison, Kenny. Um, he's eligible at this point. We've seen some other players around, you know, hockey get some NHL futures deals within the last week here. Um, what do you think the chances are that maybe somebody takes a chance on Logan Morrison? Uh, pretty good. I talked to him a week ago today on the broadcast and asked him that question. And it can always be a difficult one because typically they allow the agents to deal with it and they the players try and stay out of it as much as possible. I knew that there were AHL contract offers for Logan Morrison for next year already. Uh, so there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to go play professional hockey. I'm curious if he gets that NHL deal and his response was that he's been talking or they've been talking to a number of different teams about potential offers. So I think it, it'll be a decent enough chance that Logan Morrison will sign an, uh, an entry-level contract at some point before next season. How long he'll wait and if he waits for the right team in the right situation, why wouldn't you? Especially if you're expecting a, a pretty long playoff run for the second straight year. Find the right spot. Find an organization that that will allow him to not only develop properly, but potentially get up to the NHL as quickly as possible because uh, the way that he's producing, it's uh, it's incredible to see. He's still riding an eight-game goal streak after missing the, the games this past weekend, but he's been Mr. Clutch and, and Mr. Everything right now for the Ottawa 67s, uh, part of this lengthy point streak they have against OHL opponents. 16 straight games against OHL opponents, you can forget about those two games against the, the QMJHL and the Gatineau Olympique where they got thumped, but against the OHL, they've been pretty good. Now, kind of pivoting to a, a Sens angle on this, Graham, not only is it the time of year for guys that have been to the draft and they're free agents, right, and that can be somebody that's played in the CHL, like we just had that discussion. It could be the NCAA free agents, and there's always a few guys that get some buzz and teams are, are angling to bring these players in. Um, but it's also, you know, with the NCAA season starting to wind down, um, your drafted players, and I'll ask you this, the fact that the Senators have certainly put themselves into a playoff race here, do you think maybe that changes how things were going to go with Tyler Clevin with UND? Because uh, it depends on the prospect, right, and the player. Oftentimes an enticement to get a player to come out and sign um, and be able to maybe burn a year of entry-level it's like, all right, you're guaranteeing me at least an NHL game to do that. And if you do that, then you you can't play in the AHL. So, like, that's – now the Sens are in a – they're in a race. They're not in a, in a frame of mind where, hey, let's just – whatever. Okay, let's get it done. Let the kid play. Even if we're, we're not 100%, he's definitely one of our best 60 and can come in and play, right? It, to me, that's – it's a little bit of a different conversation because – like what often happens more times than not, because it's all kinds of signings. You'll get the futures deal, right? And said player will sign a, a PTO for the rest of the season, play in the AHL, and then year one of the entry level kicks in next year. For example, that's what Angus Cruikshank did, who is now playing, you know, for the Belleville Senators. So do you think the Senators, where they are in the standings now, does this change how uh, the Tyler Clevin situation plays out in the coming weeks? Hmm, that's a good question. I would think that... It doesn't. It feels like he's he's leaving either way, right? So, 
would it be only if if he has that uh, guarantee that he, he gets into an NHL game? I, I don't know. Um, and, and if that is the case, it, it doesn't have to be immediately in, in terms of, okay, they're they're in a chase. Maybe they find out that they're going to be out of it pretty soon. Um, and then and then you can insert him at any point at that. Uh, w- once you kind of have a good feeling for that, you're not going to make it or not. But I, I don't know. What's your sense? Like I, I think, I think for sure he's he's leaving. That that's yes. my sense. So yeah. if that's the case, does there have to be that guarantee of of the NHL game? I, I would say I don't know. I'm not I'm not necessarily feeling that. Yeah, the, yeah. The one thing that we don't know is like you, you got to know what the players. Fit feeling um and because now let, let, let's call it what it is they got to get them to come out you do not want a player going back again right yeah because then you get into all right let's wait till august 15th the next year the world's my oyster so you want to you want to make sure that the player you know gets in the organization they wanted them to come out last year they did and 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 he said no he wanted to go back so it's it, the organization thinks so highly of them they they wanted him a year ago let alone right now so he's got to play some hockey where he doesn't get suspended for throwing big hits. Yeah, well, or you know, and just I like mean. He's mean. He's naturally mean. You know, there and and there's still room for that. And you uh, can't you can't fake in that. the professional game. No, it's uh, it's I don't think you have to to tell Tyler Clavin, hey, you know what, bring a little more jam to your game tonight. So it's it's more of a you know pick your spots and dial it back a little bit, which is good. Give me that guy all day long with that kind of a mentality. Um, I don't know. I I bring it up because I I, I think it's it's a talking point. Obviously, when's the last game? Think, the eleventh, I think. Well, it depends how far they go. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, if I'm the Senators, to me, it's I think they think so highly of them. It's mood. It's like, hey, you 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 want to? Okay, sure. We'll bring you in here. I I think that at the very least, they could play them, um, in 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 a game. And they think highly enough of them that it wouldn't hurt them in that game if it was a, a meaningful game. Yeah, you know. So, because how many how many minutes would you play him anyway, right? If especially after you've acquired Chikrin and you just think his ice time, and you got Shabbat, you got Sanderson and Zub, and eaten up so many minutes as it is. So, I I it might be a bit of a nothing burger, but interesting because uh, I think that's kind of the next question mark from a prospect standpoint that's on the horizon for the Senators about when when he signed, what it looks like when it happens. All right, 1221, we'll take a break. Still to come, we got uh, Sense tickets to give away, four-pack for the Flyers game coming up later this month. And we'll have another code word for you next hour. Each and every day this week, somebody's winning a Thomas Shabbat Sens Adidas Pro jersey. Sens are on the practice sites in two, so you'll get all that update and news on the drive with Lee and AJ and Maddie. Still to come today on TSN 1200. This podcast is brought to you by Bodog.net. Don't miss a chance to play at Bodog.net. When the odds are stacked against you, post-game tastes that much sweeter. Bodog.net, your source of free casino games, poker strategies, and live sports odds. 1226. In the box continues TSN 1200. Steve Lloyd, Graham Creech, Kenny Wall's with you. We'll take it right up to 2 o'clock. That's when two things happen. The drive starts. With AJ, with Maddie. That's when a sense practice starts as they're uh, at Climate Pledge Arena, the Senators are, for their practice at 2 Eastern. Gord will be there along with Dean. So follow at TSN 1200, our official Twitter feed. Dean usually updates line combinations, happenings. Um, 
what is he transcribes the availabilities, but then Gord always uh, records it all, sends it back to us. We'll hear from the coach and some players. You'll hear that later this afternoon on the drive. And uh, the number one question, I think, um, that Sens fans want answered, how is Cam Talbot doing? Will he be able to practice after uh, he came down, uh, well, with a tweak, whatever it was, after the morning skate in Chicago? Sogard played, Mandelazi was recalled, so we'll see. See where all that stands uh, a little bit later on here. Uh, all right. Text messages. I've, I've neglected a, f- uh, a few of them here. Okay, we we got to get it back on track. Wow, so says Josh. Wow, Josh can't believe it, I'm sure. Boys, did the air ever come out of the Sens balloon after the Chicago debacle? After five and a half years of losing, that didn't matter. I was stunned at how that loss hurt. Thursday is the season game. Ooh. Can you shake it off, make a statement game against a team that dominated you last time? It's looking bleak with both goalies down. They don't respond. The kids should come up and play, in my view. So there you go. Tomorrow night is the season, according to this text. But you're right, though, to feel that way. That Sens fans were mad, ticked off, and they and it was uh, you hadn't had that particular version of being ticked off in a long time, because now you had expectation. Yeah. And so it's a, it's it was a different kind of pain. So it's a it's it's better pain than the the pain of the WTF pain that you felt the last number of years, you had actual, real, tangible disappointment, need to have this two points pain, which is good pain. As Sense fans know, you'd rather that pain. But how how will they bounce back? And, yeah, if people forget, that was during that stage of the season. That kicked off because there are different ways to talk about or had been different ways to talk about what's wrong with the Ottawa Senators, right? There's different things that become talking points for a while. That game, the whole this team can't score five on five went into hyperdrive, really, because Seattle was the second best, and after that game was the best five on five scoring team in the league with the five on five goals that they racked up at Canadian Tire Center to pound the Sens that day. And so, as you know, Creature, doing a lot of the Sens pre- and post-game shows, that became even more of a narrative for a stretch about Ottawa. Hey, it's great, the power play. This guy, this team is not going to go anywhere. They've got to produce more five-on-five, get more scoring throughout their lineup, and they've been doing that of late. Big reason why they've won uh, five in a row here. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Seattle creates a lot of offense up and down their lineup, and they they score five-on-five. So it's great to have a great power play and a good penalty kill. That can win you a lot of games. But tried and true is most of the game is still played at even strength, and that's a big reason why, Graham, Seattle is where they are in the standings. That's a good five-on-five team. Yeah, I, as the text, texter pointed out, um, that, that's a team that dominated you last time. So, A, you want to respond for that. B, you want to respond for uh, that garbage performance against uh, the worst or one of the worst teams in the National Hockey League uh, on, on the Monday night. Uh, I do love the way... I love the bite that I heard from uh, the captain, their leader, after that game. Loved everything he said. Uh, would like to see maybe some other guys show uh, that kind of level of frustration and, and disappointment after uh, getting dominated by the worst team in the league. And, and I know that we, we said it during the pregame. Like the, every team can beat every 
every other team in the league, and those are still NHL. They're professional players, um, but with your season on the line to show that kind of effort and performance where, and I know like if, if you're just looking at the box score and you saw the shot charts or the shot chart, don't let that fool you. It, it Yes, the, the Sens almost doubled them, but that, that wasn't the game. They, they were so sloppy. They gave up, I don't know, 10 to 15 odd man rushes, uh, especially after when it was what, three, nothing. And you could see the coach saying no more odd man rushes against. And then the next two shifts, they gave up three more. Um, just, uh, just, just bad. So I, I love the way I love the fire from the captain uh, uh, post game when he spoke about how unacceptable that was and uh, talked about the cheating and, and looking for cookies rather than than playing the right way, especially after they they did so for so long that two playoff style wins over Detroit, the emotional victory over a good Ranger team on, on Patrick Kane, Showtime on Broadway, um, and, and then to do it again back home with the the first home game for Jake Chikrin. Um, they, they showed a lot of motion in their game. They showed that. A, they were getting depth scoring, but they were they were playing the right way. They were getting in on the opponent's defensemen and 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 creating turnovers and scoring at five on five. All all the things that they hadn't done, the depth scoring, the scoring from the blue line, scoring at five on five. Like we started seeing all that, and, and then they just don't show up against the, the Blackhawks. So I, I think you absolutely need to respond in the best possible way against against Seattle. And and you lose some hockey games. Sometimes you come out and, and you play well and. You just lose to the opponent. Um, so, I, but at this stage, you, you need every point that you can. So they they absolutely need to. I'm assuming have a pretty hard practice today, and then show up really good against Seattle. Well, Huff Gord uh, on the show coming up at uh, one o'clock. We'll get more into it uh, with him and what to expect at this practice today. But you know, Kenny and I discussed this on the show yesterday, and we're trying to come up with different ways, Graham, to to describe what we saw in Chicago. And I kind of don't. I mean, I. I, I could call that an arrogant game. Yep. Brady, did, did Brady not, said it. Like, arrogant. Like, not not careless, not like, but just, just an arrogant game. And, you know, you won five in a row. Like, put it this way. You go into Madison Square Garden, and you beat the Rangers in Patrick Kane's Rangers debut. Then you go into Chicago without Patrick Kane, without Jonathan Taves, and, and, you, and you do that. Because I'm watching, like, we all watched the Chicago game. I didn't see a team that, you know, they didn't play hard enough, but they, they were playing hard looking for their cookies. They were too much cheating going on, not respecting that the too careless with the puck, arrogant. It was an arrogant game. And and the Ottawa Senators, it's great that they'd won five in a row, and it's great they're in a playoff race. They are not an upper echelon team. No team should have that mentality anyway. I don't care how good you are. Like, Boston doesn't play that way. <laughs> that, that's why they might be setting records this year with how many points they're going to put up in an NHL regular season. It's just, um, I, I don't care if you're, you're 32nd or first. If you're going to play that arrogant style, it's like, you know what? We don't have to pay attention to some of these details. I can outskill these guys. We can, I can put it through this triangle. It's the Blackhawks. Uh, no, you can't. Those are NHL players. Like, when, when you're trying to drop it back to somebody, make, make sure you know who's there. Don't think, ah, oh, it'll make it because this team's not very good. Like, I know, like, player, you're not thinking that. That's not, like, a top-of-mind thing, but it was obviously in the back, collectively in the back of the minds of the group. They didn't take it seriously. Way too loose, way too arrogant. And so if you're a Sens fan, you're hoping that that was the slap in the face here, and don't do that again this season. You can't afford it. To your point, you're going to lose games that you play well in. You can't afford to just hand away games against against lesser opponents if you just show up and play properly. 
They're still in the race. Scoreboard didn't go in their favor last night. Not the end of the world. They're in this thing. But uh, if you're a Senators fan, that enough of that. You're, because you're not going to win the rest of the games. Make sure your losses aren't because you, you do that to yourself. And you just you just don't respect the opponent enough that you're playing. Um, Josh is not poking the bear with me, but he is with you, which is nice. Grambo, whoever signs Aaron Rodgers surely will be playing meaningful games. Yeah, just not uh, as meaning as they'd like. Like it, it, in, when, it, when it matters most in the playoffs, they won't be playing those type of games. Uh, Ron in Orleans uh, says the coach has to take some here. Sorry, guys. I sound like a broken record sometimes, but I think this all boils down to the coaching. They were not properly prepared. Uh, that's the coach's job, to prepare a young team to battle. Comes from Ron in Orleans. DJ said that about himself, actually, after the game. Yeah, and a lot of people were upset post-game that he said that a number of times now. To, to that texter, to Ron's point. Um, wh- why well, has that comment been made so many times? That he doesn't well, have let, his team prepared. Let me defend DJ a little bit on this. Because I don't care. Coaches, players say, oh, we don't pay attention to the noise. The noise gets back to these athletes and coaches. What's being said by fans on social media, what's being said on this radio station, what's being written about them, it gets back to them, directly or indirectly. And I'm sure that DJ Smith was aware earlier in the season, because I think we had this discussion, fans certainly did. It's like, when things are going wrong, wouldn't it be nice to be able to hear the coach say once once in a while after a game that he's part of the loss as well? Like, whether, whether okay, whether it's 100% true or not, I think there was a lot of talk. It would be just nice to hear that, right? Now, DJ Smith does say that quite a bit. <laughs> Where he was, he would never really say anything like that earlier in the year. So when I say, let me defend him a little bit, he can't win. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, and I, I wasn't saying that was 100% my point. Yeah. I just said oh, I know. That, that was a lot of the reaction that we got on yeah. on Monday night. Was But are, um, are those the same people that were saying, oh, well, how come this guy never points a finger at himself? Maybe. I, I didn't go back and look at the, the chatter history, but good yeah. point by you. Um, anyways, maybe I'm alone, but I didn't see the Chicago game as getting uh, beaten handedly. We dominated possession in shots, had lots of opportunities. They just didn't score, and then Chicago converted through limited opportunities. We started to gamble more to force it to happen. Those things happen sometimes, and sometimes you just need to get the de-neuralizer. Oh, going all old-school men in black. Wow out and uh, forget and move on yeah to a certain i agree with most of that text i don't agree with the like they out possessed them and outshot them uh i can think of maybe three high danger scoring chances that the centers yep. have but my point in in don't letting the the scoreboard or the shot clock fool you was that not the what they allowed against was was brutal like it's not like you look and it's like huh Sogard was bad tonight let in five on 20 or whatever it was no, uh, there were three on ones and breakaways after breakaway. Like that was, that's you beating yourself there. That's that's not playing yep. good hockey. That's not a good hockey game. Listen no. to the captain speak. There's, he thought it was a pathetic performance. Well, that's why, like with this text, I think that's what you're driving at here. Dominated possession and shots, and yet they did run of play. Ottawa was clearly, um, the team that was dictating the pace of the play of that game. They were pretty much start to finish. And that's what made it so frustrating because who cares if you're going to be that sloppy and hand these odd man rushes out like candy. 
and these premium opportunities to NHL players on the other side. It's not, Blackhawks are in a teardown. They're not even started the rebuild yet. But that's that's still an NHL team. And if you, you hand these players, they've got guys that are skilled with the puck as well. It's going gonna, it's gonna to burn you. I, absolutely, and that's what happened. Like, it's – Ottawa can play a they, – they had the puck more. They drove play more. But who cares if you're going to be that sloppy and arrogant with the puck and, and hand out all those opportunities. Um, come on, guys. Let's give the Senators some respect. Stop putting down our team. Okay. Not, I don't know. Like, we're not, not showing respect. <laughs> we... we were referring to one game where, where they were awful. Are we supposed? I don't. Is is that Come a sarcastic on. text? Come I hope so. Me. I hope so. Or, or someone, you know what? Like Kenny complained about earlier. Maybe someone was on their phone playing a game or reading Twitter or whatever, watching TikTok, and they were listening and they're ha- and they just heard some negative things being said because that that person couldn't have been paying full attention if if that was their take. I think we mostly were saying nice things aside from the Chicago game. And and if you if you liked their effort, the Chicago game, okay. I don't know how to put lipstick on that yeah. pig. Yep. Okay. We'll see how they bounce back tomorrow. Riding high, and hopefully the, for for Sens fans, they just they flush that. How many times has that that saying been used? Flush it. Flush it. Delete the file. That burn was, the tape. Actually, that was another comment. A lot of people didn't like the the flush. And, and move on comments from... Uh, what are you supposed to do? Well, they, want, gotta... they want to sit... No, they, there are certain players that use that often. They want to hear people pissed off like Brady was. I'm just saying, okay. that's a lot of the reaction yeah. that we got. Was that yeah. they don't, hey, We don't want to... Oh, well, well, let's just flush it. No. Can, you tell, can you tell, Graham, there's an extra day between games? As we're... we're... <laughs> I kind of wish that we're playing tonight be honest with you so we we can just see the next game but uh we'll have to wait an extra day and by the way this is one of the very few breaks in the schedule the rest of the way like this they don't have many other breaks where you got that more than a day between games very busy skit and um picks up again tomorrow night in seattle against the kraken okay we'll take a break um your texts continue to come in on this gord's gonna join us gord's gonna join the fray uh gord just joined me I'll let you behind the curtain a little bit. I just oh. got a call from Gord. Oh. So I, I quickly, you just started speaking. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll have a sec. Because maybe, maybe it's an emergency. So I answered my phone. I said, hey, Gord. He's like, hey, Graham, how's it going? And I'm like, I'm just on the radio with Steve Lloyd right now. He's like, oh, okay, I'll let you go quickly. And then gave me some inf- inside information about uh, the city of Seattle. Oh, good. He's having a good time. And it was a very good roll call. Well, I just got a text from Gordon. He, he just texted me back in real time. 1 p.m. hit Broski. I'm Broski. <laughs> I said yes. KK standing by. There's your there's your preview. Uh, he's Gord ready to standing rock. by. He, oh, he can't ready wait. To rock. Oh, Loops is holding him back right now. Gord will join us shortly after one on In the Box on TSN 1200. This podcast is brought to you by Bodog.net. Don't miss a chance to play at Bodog.net. When the odds are stacked against you, post-game tastes that much sweeter. Bodog.net, your source of free casino games, poker strategies, and live sports odds. All right, we should uh, update our web poll question of the day, brought to you by the Tool and Equipment Store. 
we've talked about this a couple times on the show. Uh, unfortunately, Tyler Boucher's time with the Ottawa 67s, it appears to have come to an end because of injury. Shoulder injury looks like shoulder surgery. So disappointing for the 67s, the Sens, and most importantly, the player. Um, so hopefully things go well in the next little while with Tyler Boucher. Nothing official from the club, by the way, but... You know, that is uh, the report that it, that is out there. And Dave Cameron's pretty much confirmed it when he was speaking to J.F. Plon with Ledois. So I know I heard a bit of this discussion with the guys this morning, so they turned it into a whip poll question. Why do you think so many young NHL players have shoulder injuries? It just, I know, we kind of navel gaze here like Colin White, Shane Pinto, and Josh Norris, and now Tyler Boucher. But it goes, it's not just that, right? Like Jack Hughes with, uh, with Jersey. And, it, and there's others. It just seems that there's there's a lot of younger guys that are having the shoulder injuries, at least anecdotally, right? So that's the question. Why do you think so many young players are having shoulder injuries? And the, they give you four options. One, sport athletes. So maybe just too much focused on hockey, not doing other things. Just too many games. And I guess that could mean anything, right? Like all the way up through your minor hockey, your junior, whatever you're doing. You're just playing way too much. What about overtraining? I guess maybe that's, you could construe that as maybe not training in the right areas as well. Is there is there so much of a focus on core training? What about the upper bot? I don't know. And the last option is maybe they're just entering the NHL too early. When you talk about guys, and this wouldn't, this wouldn't include uh, what's going on with Tyler Boucher, not an NHL player. Still a junior player, but there's your fourth option. So, one sport athletes, too many games, overtraining, entering the NHL too early. Um, leading the way is uh, overtraining at 51%. In the NHL too early at 23.3. One sport athletes, 13.3. Too many games, 12.4. Graham, how'd you vote? That's a tool and equipment store. Web poll question of the day. Yeah, I think it's probably a combination of maybe all of these things, but I'll settle on entering the NHL too early as you think of most of those guys you you mentioned, uh, star players coming into the league uh, early as 18, 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds, and and maybe they're just not physically ready for – not – that's the wrong way to put it, but uh, their, their body just hasn't completely matured to to where it will be at in terms of all the the training, weightlifting, uh, the, the the length of the season, and playing against men. Um, so I I went with that option, but I I believe that it's it's probably more than just that. A lot more than that. It's it's a combination of every option on this list. I I wonder if there was another option, and the option was nothing. It's just one of those things. Something of like that. What, what the percentage would be. Like, are, are we in Ottawa thinking about it more just because there's a lot of Senators players that have gone through it? Probably, right? Like, recently as well. Like, it's just, it's been, and it's just another coincidence. All Americans, another coincidence, all have been through the development program at, at Ann Arbor. But I, if there was another category of, you know what, it's just, um, there. There isn't a cause and effect. This is maybe more of a correlation a correlation on it. Um, I, I might shade towards that, to be honest with you. But if I had to pick one here, I think I'd go with the training, and I'd, 
and I'm not saying it's overtraining. I'm, I wonder about how games evolve and the type of training. And because for years and years, it, it I remember when it was kind of a new thing. Everybody would talk about um, you don't need to bench press. You don't need to like it's not about a beach body. It's like you, you got to train for your sport. And in hockey, it's like every player would talk about core, the core, the core, the core, 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 core. Work on the core. Um, too many sports hernias. Too many. Well, strengthen your core. You want to improve. You got a bad back. Strengthen your core. Your ability to battle and twist on the ice. Core. It makes sense, right? Maybe there's so much of an emphasis on that. Maybe there's not as much on upper body. I don't know. I don't have the answers, but I, I wonder about that one. So that's why I kind of picked overtraining for of those four options. That's where I I'd, I'd lean there too, Lloydy. And you mentioned the the U.S. National Development Program. And I don't want to focus solely on that, but the way that they do things is different than what they do in junior hockey and how they prepare. And uh, there typically is less of an emphasis on games as you move through the NCAA side of things. More of the focus is on training and trying to get as physically fit as possible. And... I, I again, like you, Lloydie, I don't have all the answers. I don't know. There have been shoulder injuries with other programs and players coming out of junior. Remember, Travis Konechny had one uh, in his junior career, and it, it thankfully yep. hasn't affected him going forward. There, there are a number number of players in the OHL right now who have shoulder injuries. So I'm not picking on the U.S. National Development Program, but it does seem like a lot of the higher star players or higher end players have come through that program, and they're, now they're dealing with the shoulder injuries. And maybe it is the training. Maybe it's how they go about the training and the specifics that they use. And, and again, I, I have no idea. But it, it seems a little, a little too jumbled together to be just a coincidence. And that, that leads me to believe that, that there may be something to do with the training. And the way that it's they're going about it, because there there isn't that focus on games, especially at the program and as you move through the NCAA. So I take that option off the board. I I, I do think it has something to do. Liam McGuire pointed out on Twitter that maybe it's body contact starting later, and guys don't know how to throw or take a hit. Yeah, I think that could have something to do with it. I don't think it's the sole reason, but I do think it has something to do with it. As Should be well. considered. Yeah. yeah, I I don't think it is a a one-stop shop for why it's happening more frequently, it seems. But I do think there's a, a a number of different issues that would go into it. Training and physicality starting later and not learning how to throw or take a hit. And in conjunction with that, and I, fighting's going out of the game. We're, we're all in agreement there. Fighting is gradually being taken out of the game of hockey. But players aren't learning how to do it at a younger age either. And they have no idea how to protect themselves, how to protect their body when grabbing on. They don't know how to grab on anymore. They don't know the the physics of how to do it. They never got taught. Their teammates aren't showing them. There's just not that uh, hand-me-down type of system. So they have no clue. I think that you can throw some shoulders out. You can get injured in fighting because you don't know how to do it and you don't know how to protect yourself either. I think there's there's a big correlation between everything it's uh i i think it's it's something that definitely needs to be looked into 
And the other side of it is like Tyler Boucher and like a lot of the Ottawa Senators trying to rehab it. And I do fully believe that they were cleared properly to play. Strength tests were done. They were able to get back out there and play a physical game of hockey. But why is it now going to become the solution to just go surgery right away when a shoulder injury is happening instead of waiting the two months, whatever it is, for a rehab to only be set back once again moments later in, in a bigger picture? Great point, because we've seen that three times now. Yeah, and I'm and that's just focused on a small area here yeah. in Ottawa. What's the bigger picture looking like? Is rehab actually an option going forward, or is it better to just get that surgery done right away. Again, I don't have any answers. It's just something to to throw out there and see uh, how many of the rehabs actually go well and can get you to the end of the season when maybe you can have the the surgery after. Yeah, what what's the data on that, right? Yeah. Like how many times when when guys suffer an injury that hey, you could have surgery right now, but you know what? There are examples you can rehab this and maybe you don't need surgery and everybody loves to avoid surgery. We all do. Who wants surgery if you think you can avoid it for anything, right? So athletes are, are the same that way. But what, what's what's the data on the likelihood? Because I, I can think of one off the top of my head where I thought for sure, and this player thought for sure at the time, um, Mark Borowiecki, shoulder kept coming out one year. Um, it, it happened in practice a couple times as well, and he was pretty candid about it and thought that eventually he'd need it. But you know what? I, I can still play with it. <laughs> okay, it's Boro, right? A little bit of a different cat, Boro, as we know. He can play through a lot of things. And he, he he played and continued to play. And I think when he ended up going out in the playoffs that year, he was still playing with it, but it was an ankle injury that took him out eventually. It wasn't even that. And then he went into his off season and was able to train, strengthen. It's like next time we talked to him, hey, yeah, didn't need the surgery. I was able to rehab it. I'm good. And he didn't have the surgery. So it was fine. He was able to get through that. So there is, you know, when these evaluations take place, to your point, Kenny, like it, everything's on the up and up. Like, of course, you're getting opinions and second opinions and the players involved and all of it. And it's like, yes, we think that you can rehab this. You want to do that? Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I'll avoid surgery. Sure. Yeah, why not? But when you have a, a lot of examples where recent examples, it just is a coincidence that it's happened quickly to players right here that's like they needed the surgery anyway maybe but if you're if you're a player that goes through this i wonder if you think twice it's like yeah there i can rehab it but what happens if i'm if i'm wrong in my decision right now then i'm i'm two months behind getting ready for next season where if i just do this right now and i just get it done and i know that it's fixed properly and then I got more time to train and not just rehab and be ready for the start of my next season. Anyways, that's the web poll question of the day, folks, which sparks discussion, which we just had. Brought to you by the Tool and Equipment Store. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, the genesis of the idea of this question came uh, with the news that, unfortunately, Tyler Boucher's shoulder is uh, done for the season with the 67s. Gord Wilson, oh, he's probably been on hold the whole time, just screaming, can't wait champing at the bit to get on. Well, well he, he's, he's ready to go, next. I can guarantee you that. Gordy, from Seattle, coming up next on In the Box on TSN 1200.